episode two of season two. What's going on, everybody? Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm gonna steal the opening from John because the bastard opens up all the time. <laughs> uh, this is <laughs> this is the world's greatest detective and the trigger happy chatterbox. We are coming at you, episode two of season two of Dead Bat. We have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Me and John have outlines prepared. Oh yeah, just uh. uh First thing I want to do is give a belated happy birthday to the funniest fucking co-host on the planet. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. No, 27 like the Yankees. Ain't that some shit? Hey, there you go. Oh, yeah. Hey. I know. It's, uh, it's, it's, um, as a matter of fact, it's funny. We're on the cusp of a real competitive uh, baseball season. You know, it's uh, around October time is the World Series. So funny how I mentioned that. <laughs> so, um... Yes, um, we have a couple things we want to talk about today, guys. Uh, but before we get to that, we have some house cleaning we want to get to. Facebook.com slash deadbat. Um, give us a thumbs up. Give us some criticism, things of that nature. We have a Twitter account at deadbatxx. So more than welcome, hit us up about almost anything. Hell, call me an asshole. I don't care. It's awesome. Um, Please, show us you love us. Show us you hate us. We don't care. Say something. I want to know there's more people out there. Oh, yeah. Um, we also have uh, respective Instagrams, Instagram at Trigger Happy Chatterbox, and Instagram.com at World's Greatest Detective 626, no spaces and no underscores. Absolutely nice and simple and easy. Oh, yes. Um, with a lot of what we got going on, the last time we talked, we had, uh, we were talking about a whole load of things. We talked about Bendis' new Superman, we talked about what we personally feel about the MCU, and all these other things. Um, but, before I get into, because Kyle is like foaming at the mouth over the first point that I have, I'm going to let Kyle start this one off. That's right, we're going to go ahead and we're going to flip the script a little bit. We're going to have Kyle start it off here. Oh, we're just playing Passback, okay. Oh yeah, Passback, let's go. <laughs> Alright, man, well, you know what, um, um, what everybody wants to hear, what everybody else is talking about right now, I'm going to go ahead and talk about Spider-Man PS4. Oh, yeah. This Just... game. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, John. Okay. So, um, I played a little bit of Spyro back in the day. Um, you know, not a, not a whole lot, just, uh, just a little bit. Okay. And I was like, all right, this is, this is, this is okay, but it's not really my kind of game. And, um, I come back and I, I play Spider-Man PS4 and I realize it's made by Insomniac, the same devs. And I was like, oh, all right, well, let's see what they do. You know, let's, let's see what they do with the license. Yeah. Um, and from the, from the get-go, um, they just put you right in the shoes and you're just immediately swinging and it feels good. Um, controls are, are mapped pretty well. I mean, R2 is your swing button. Um, and that's pretty much it. You, you, you press R2, you shoot out a line, and he goes on that line. You can hold R2 if you want, and you'll, yeah. you'll swing just fine. But there's also those little, like, fine-tuned fitness controls in there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, at the end of your web, if you want to go faster, you just hit X, and he'll slingshot himself off of his web, and you'll get, like, a, a little boost of speed. Like, you can go from end to end in Manhattan, like, long ways, um, in, like, four or five minutes. Um, give or take, like, how fast you are. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, 
and uh, it's and that's not that's not to, to, to say that the map is, is small by any means. Um, you can get up to the top of the Empire State Building and look at how huge the map is, and it is massive. Yeah. Um, like they have recreated this to a T, and I think honestly, this is one of the games that we got where they gave us exactly what they promised us. Um, I know there was that whole Puddlegate thing where they were like, oh, there's not, you know, they, they downgraded it. There's not a lot of puddles. The puddles don't reflect as much. Spider-Man's suit is, is as reflective. There are no problems with this game. Um, the game looks great, and it's fluid. That's probably the best thing. Okay. That, uh, you know how when you would play, like, um, like... Like, let's go to the most recent one, like like Web of Shadows or um, Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 3, where when you hit a wall, you would stick. Right? Yeah. Not so with this. With this, if you hit a wall and you're still holding R2, you run up that motherfucker. Um, and you yes. can just slingshot right over the building. And wow. The, uh, the, the big, yeah, the big selling point is that as soon as you start swinging, the music kicks. Um, they knew that when they were going to make a Spider-Man game, they wanted it to be a Spider-Man game. Um, and, and everything fell in line. And I think there's 25-something suits yeah. to work with. Um, I've played through a little bit of the story, um, and it's good so far. Um, they do play with a little bit of stuff, but they don't make like huge, massive changes. Um, you know, they just, they, they don't do an origin story, which is good. Yeah. So you get no origin story, you're just straight Spider-Man. Mm. And this game has impressed me. John, you know I don't stay up late. But you did. You know, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock is bedtime for this old guy, right? <laughs> for the record, for the record, I'm 23. Yeah. <laughs> um. Like, 8 o'clock is bedtime, because gym time's 3. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I was up, when I bought this game, I was up until midnight. Just swimming it away. And that was just side stuff. Like, I just started doing side stuff. And it took me 8 hours, and I'm not even done. Like, stuff is still open and running. This game is 30, 40 hours easy. Jesus. And to top that, there's DLC coming in uh, October. Wow. See, this so, is one of those. This is one of those things where I really wish that Insomniac would take the Deadpool license and make something like out of this too. Because um, if, if they did such a good job with Spider-Man, I could imagine what they'll do with with Deadpool. Like I was telling a. Uh, I was telling TJ, I was like, imagine you're riding around New York in that net, just that that straight up one speed moped. Yeah. Oh my god! And Unreal Engine Four, it'd be even more amazing. And you're just like literally oh, just, dude. just hearing him sing, like just making fun of certain things, but he's just the the moped's like. Aah. Yeah, man. And here's the here's the thing about this game, um, I think that that makes it so good. Um, it's that you can feel the love behind it. Um, yeah. It's not this thing where they put out and they're just like, yo, let's make motherfucking money. 
you you feel the love for the character, the love for the universe they've created, um, and just the love they've poured into it for the past two and a half, three years. Hmm. Yeah, I like. I will go on record as saying it's probably the penultimate Spider-Man game, even topping the one in two thousand on the original PlayStation. That is amazing. Yeah, that is that is awesome to hear, and I mean. I, I guess now it's like if you have not gotten the game, you might want to get it now because Kyle gave us one hell of a review. I'm I'm definitely gonna pick it up. I know me and me and TJ are gonna have that's gonna be our first game we're gonna share together. So I know me and her are gonna be like, hey, listen, um, and this is like insert workplace. Hey, listen, um, uh, uh, I can't come in today. Uh, uh, Spider Man, hang up. That's what I told work. I told work, hey. Um, I'm gonna take some PTO. I'll be out of here two hours early. And they're go- they were like, "Great, are you gonna come in on the weekend?" And I was like, "Nope, I'm not enough. Spider-Man PS4 is coming out. I'm taking off." <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh, "Okay, fair enough." Yeah, oh my game, god! Like, the combat, the combat. So people were equating it to like Batman Arkham, right? Yeah. Um, it's not. Like. I understand what Insomniac was saying, where they were like, yeah, it's kind of based off that, but it's not the point. Because when you're playing Batman Arkham, you feel heavy, right? Like, um, whereas, you know, Batman is like a tank, Spider-Man is like a motorbike. I gotcha. Um, Spider-Man is, is fast, sleek, efficient. Your counter button is not a counter button, it's a dodge. Mmm. Um, upgrades you you can get an upgrade where it becomes kind of a counter and he basically like he'll shoot a web in somebody's eyes and uh, it'll take them out of commission for a second until they clear um, their, their visual range okay it just feels so good um like one of my big tests for a spider-man game is um can i put my headphones in play any any fucking spider-man theme i can think of um, be it, you know, like the 90s cartoon, the one from the 60s, the Raimi uh, theme, anything, and swing through the city and feel like Spider-Man. And it's 100% a yes. Nice. I think that's what a lot yeah, of us like want to hear, too. Yeah, like, they, they, they said their aim was to make players feel like Spider-Man while playing, which is what Batman argued was intent on doing with Batman. Um, and they nailed it. Yeah. So, props to Insomniac. Oh, yeah. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a selling point for me. I'm definitely going to go ahead and pick up the game. Um, I wanted it downloaded, but nah, I like the physical copies of certain games. Just to, just to hold it and to know I have it. Um, That's another cool thing. You know the, the sleeve that they have on the outside of the game? Yeah. Um, it's reversible. If only you could see my face right now. <laughs> I know I just fucked. I know I just fucked you up for a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get you if you flip the sleeve around, you get um, full art of Spider-Man, and on the back you get the uh, the a red background and the white spider logo they created. Oh so man. Like none of that promotional material on the back. You just get straight art. Yeah. 
That is awesome. Wow. This, yeah, this must have been a big fan-engineered project from the ground up. I mean, Insomniac, I'm, I'm sure they grew up with, uh, like, the rest of us. We grew up with, you know, the 90s Spider-Man or even the older versions, too, along with what we got later down the road with the Raimi trilogy. Um, so, yeah, this th you can definitely tell a lot of love was poured into this. I mean, even when you look at some of the videos, you're like, wow, man. And I know they don't do justice, but just speaking from someone who hasn't played the game yet but wants to so bad because of the videos, you know that they poured some love into this. Oh, yeah, and that's the thing, man. That's what surprised me. Like, if you go back and you look at, um, you know, like the stuff they were showing at E3, like, even from 2017... That's the product you're getting. Yeah. Like, there were no downgrades, nothing like that. They wanted to make sure that what they showed you is what they had promised. Yeah. Which is awesome. So that's, uh, yeah, that's all I got for, for Spider-Man. It's, dude, if you haven't picked it up yet, by all means. Yeah. Uh, yo, you already know definitely that's going to be a thing uh, going forward. Anybody else who, who's listening to the, uh, the podcast who has not picked up the game, you got an official review by the world's greatest detective. I think that is good enough by, by our standards to go pick up the damn game. Um, Batman I, says buy it. Yeah, you, you picked that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I know you have been waiting along with several others, but I, I actually scrolled down this one uh, late last, not late last night, it was like two nights ago or something, and apparently uh, DC is doing something a little different with Batman than we are accustomed to. Um, it was teased several times um, in different animations, um, but Batman's not Bruce Wayne anymore. What? Hold on. I think you'll love where this is going. It's one of the Robins. The only Robin who does not want to be Batman. That already gives it away. Oh! Yeah, they did it. They they pulled the fucking trigger and they gave it to my man, Dick Grayson. Get fucked, Grayson. It's your job now. <laughs> I, I actually like it. It's cool. I mean, they have it to where I don't know if the storyline is Batman disappears or Batman is dead. I don't know what the case may be, but he's no longer in Gotham City. And the comic scan shows, by the way, the art is the only bad thing about it. The art is not good whatsoever. So I hope they work on the art a little bit better. But the storyline is what I'm really interested in. What they did here was they had it to where Superman met up with the quote-unquote Batman. And it got to the point where, um, you know, Clark was like, hey, listen, Bruce is dead. You don't have to carry this mantle. And Grayson's giving him every reason why he has to. He's like... I have to. There has to be a Batman in Gotham City. If there isn't, chaos will ensue. I don't want this, but I gotta take it. Mm -hmm. Um, and just Superman was like, again, you don't have to... He goes right close to him, and Grayson gives him all the reasons as to how he's Batman. He had, like, a small little case of kryptonite on him. Damn. He's just like, when the time comes, I will use this on you if you ever go rogue. So, I actually like Grayson as Batman. I actually could see that. Um, and then da Damien is Robin. I could see that. That works out That works out better than any of the other Robins, you know? Like, I, I don't really... You and me both know. That's a hell no on Jason being Batman. That just, that just screams, oh my god. 
Um, Tim, <laughs> Tim, no. Because Tim wants to do his own thing. And Damien, he's too young. And he would be terrible for Batman, knowing that he has the opposite thoughts of what Bruce has. I think Grayson would be perfect. The hashtag short man. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I think, in my opinion, I think it'd work. It would. The art needs to get better. I mean, I don't I don't like any of what the art was in the comic scan that I read. Um, it was. It didn't look good whatsoever. Um, but I think it's going to be really cool to kind of see him, you know, take the mantle. Hopefully, it becomes an actual series. I'm not all the way certain, but I, I wanted to talk about this comic scan because it's a big pivotal idea like they're putting together here it's it's not bruce wayne and it's like whoa wait a minute then what the fuck is it you know yeah so yeah it, it sounds like it'll be a um, a good way to liven it up yeah you know to, to, just to just to keep the, uh, the storyline fresh yeah you know and, and and that i think that's what it really comes down to i mean surely um, I think this is an alternate universe of when, you know, when it really actually happens, um, or if it ever did, this is what would happen, um, because, well, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about was, well, we haven't read it yet, um, the Red Hood and the Outlaws, the last one, uh, which was, uh, 25, uh, yeah, issue 25, I'm not mistaken, where it was, uh, Bruce versus, uh, Bruce versus Jason. I'm I'm sure I'm sure you've been waiting for my reaction over this. Yeah. Well, for those that don't know, let's uh, let's recap the 24. 24 at the very end, it was one of the points where Jason actually got him his hands on the penguin, and the penguin just had to hit him right in the cords, talking about his dad in prison. And Jason was like, "Nah, enough with this marksman shit. I'm just gonna blow your head off," and just splatters his head all over the place. Um, and it's at this point that, of course, Gotham News and everyone is pretty much reporting what happened, and Bruce sees it, and, you know, Grayson and Drake, they're hitting him up, like, hey, well, what should we do? Bruce is like, nah, I got this shit. So, 20, 25 comes in, and it's to the point where, um, at the very middle, this is where the climax of the entire comic is, uh, first of all, the cover is amazing. It has, like, Jason punching Bruce's shit in, saying, it's my city, my vengeance. Um, which is really cool for a cover story. Even though it does not happen whatsoever the way you probably think it is, Bruce comes in and, like, after two, uh, two pages, he just ends fucking Jason, like, yo, just, like, what Batman would do. And grabs, uh, Jason by, like, the... I don't know if it was the collar or it was by the shirt. He says, and to think I actually believed in you. Letting that one sink Damn. in there. Yeah. And not only that, Bruce was tired of it. I think he's just tired of really uh, dealing with the Bat family and some of their cons. Some of the problems you have. I mean, Kate killed Clayface and Lord knows what the fuck they're going to do with that story. And now you had Jason who killed the Penguin. And it's like, no, I'm done. There's certain people who stay with me, but if you're gonna start killing, you're done. So once Jason was just completely just lifeless uh, on one of the rooftops, and by the way, I also wanna tell you, before that actually happened, 
um, they did have an angle where Artemis did kiss Jason, so Jason actually felt what it was like to actually love somebody and to care for someone. Um, but I think they boom tubed out of there. Um, I don't, I forget what the uh, the part was about that. But what happened was uh, Jason Lifeless is laying on the rooftop where Bruce and him fought, and Bruce rips the the uh, the symbol off his chest. Just leaving him there with, you know, his shirt with just bare naked chest. I was like, ouch. You're telling me he can't even wear the symbol anymore. And it just cuts right there. Um, I was I was floored. Because Scott Lodell is an incredible writer. And he's doing really well with this entire series. We're not even halfway. And this is what we're getting. Whew. So. Man, I'm have to pick this up. Yeah, it's it's incredible for the most part. I'm actually really looking forward to the next uh, issue, which is supposed to come out next week. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but I believe you had another uh, bullet point, Kyle. Yes, I did. All right, I want to talk about... Uh, so Henry Cavill was cast as The Witcher. Yes. Um... So, The Witcher isn't something I have a lot of experience with. Um, by a lot of experience, I mean none. Like, I haven't, I haven't played any of the games because The Witcher 3 is the most accessible one. And uh, The Witcher 1 and 2, I just can't seem to find, like, as far as PlayStation Store goes. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I'll find it on Steam if my fucking laptop can run it, which is doubtful. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he was cast as the Witcher, and at one point, like, I think there was some kind of rumor where, um, they asked him about it, and he said, you know what, I wouldn't mind it, because, you know, we all know Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill's probably played every single one of those fucking games. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he, you know, he definitely has the acting chops to pull it off, but, you know, don't fuck up a mustache this time. <laughs> um, I don't know if you had any uh, any thoughts or anything to add on that. I did hear about um him being casted as uh I think the main character in The Witcher. Um, I think he could pull it off, man. I, I just I think he needs to get away from Superman for a while because I think that did more harm than good to his career. Because I mean, Man of Steel did pretty good. I mean, say what you will about the ending. It did good for his career in some way. Everyone was like, oh, man, it's Superman. And it was like, yeah, you know, like, you know that is Superman, the way he carries himself. At least for me, I thought it was. Brown and Ralph, no. Because that movie needs to get shelved along with Batman, Triumphant, and a few other fucking movies, right? So... Yeah, I think most of the controversy of him as Superman really falls around Justice League. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody had any major problems with his performance in BVS. Yeah, BVS or Man of Steel, yeah. Him coming back in Justice League, people were like, nah, nah. Yeah, it, it just, mm, you're not wrong there. It's one of those things where, you know, I just, I think he needs to step away a little bit. And I think he needs to go into other roles. I remember one person was like, hey, why don't you cast him as Wolverine? I'm like, no, just don't. What? Yeah, okay. someone photoshopped the picture of him as Wolverine, and I'm like, no. That's weird. I was like... 
You're you're asking to get stabbed. Like uh, speaking that's a, of, that's a pretty out of place casting. You know, you know who I would peg him for? Hmm. Scott. Oh, Cyclops. Yeah. Oh man, Scott Summers is trash. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, Scott Summers. I probably would see that. Yeah, and then John Bernthal as Wolverine. Yeah, I would see that. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be. Oh, I, I, that's an X Men movie I want to see. Um, Gavel's cast as the Witcher. Um, it's coming to. I think it's coming to Netflix. Okay. Which Netflix has been slaying fucking originals. Yeah. Like they're kind of like they're the, they're basically their own cable network at this point. Yeah, they basically are. You don't have to even get yourself cable or a cable provider. You have Netflix. You have Hulu. You have all these platforms that you can just watch TV. Kind of sucks because I was watching a really interesting documentary on the last blockbuster which is in alaska i believe um and uh they they don't even since the corporate is office is pretty much done they get their movies directly from you know certain different like a third party and it's weird it's like you go to the blockbuster and these people are really passionate about really talking about movies and you know what i'm not gonna lie i kind of miss that yeah, you know what? That was, those were some of my favorite memories. So you know, you go to Blockbuster, you pick up a couple bags of popcorn that they sold like at the counter there. Um, you rent your movies, your games, or whatever. And you know, you're gonna have a kick-ass weekend. You're walking out the door. Um, like I remember the return box. I remember pre-ordering like movies to buy them at Blockbuster. Like that's how I got Spider-Man One on DVD. Um, that's how I got Transformers One. DVD, and it's uh, it's really a um, sign of the times changing, and I I don't think that them going out of business was necessarily, um, you know, like Amazon Prime's fault, like their video service, or uh, or Netflix's fault, or Hulu's fault. I think it was realistically their own issue because of their unwillingness to adapt. Um, kind of like Toys R Us, right? There's so many other retailers like. toys and collectibles and things like that and all of those retailers have made changes to adapt and try to accommodate with, uh, with Amazon's service to try to stay competitive yeah and that's the big thing in the US is you absolutely have to stay competitive otherwise your business is going to fail pretty much yeah you know cause like can you imagine if Blockbuster put out a streaming service and like we, we could we could have had like a blockbuster streaming service where you just rent movies straight off you know i think they tried doing that but it was too late yeah it was, it was just a little too late in the game yeah like if they would have done it first that they would have they would have profited huge on that when we still would have like blockbuster stores maybe for like certain cards or things of that nature that would have been really cool to see um speaking of competitive Last time we were on the podcast, we talked about Evo, which was the Super Bowl of fighting games and uh, the results and everything else and pretty much the FGC, my thoughts, opinions and things of that nature. So the segue was dope. <laughs> oh, thanks. I just had to throw that out there. That was a good, that good ass segue. Paul Moore over here. 
yo, I'm, I, yo, I just, I heard competitive, and I'm like, oh man, this motherfucker helped me out majorly for that one. Um, so, um, yeah, Evo happened about two weeks ago. Sorry for the uh, the late results here. Obviously, you know, me and Kyle, we have whole bunch of things we're doing and you know dead bat i know unfortunately is not on the top of the list you know I, i'm sure everybody else knows we have priorities and we gotta take care of things so and with uh with evo which was obviously the super bowl of fighting games um really huge i mean you had i think over 3,000 entrants or 2,000 entrants whatever the fucking number was for dragon ball fighter z and just 200 less of that for uh, Street Fighter V. So you had a lot of entrance for this thing. Um, one of the things that I will say is that while I was watching Evo, Kyle, it felt really empty without Marvel. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. It felt incredibly empty. Because Evo's been going on for like 20 years, right? And just... It's been going on for around that time, if not even more. And the thing about it is, is I've always, when I was watching Evo, like around like the 2010s, I know it's funny when we're saying it like that, like 2011, 2012, or 2013, there was always Marvel. There was always that area where you knew, and people had signs like, when's Marvel? Like everyone had that sign and everything. When you go to this Evo and you watch it with like a bit of like, you know, real carefulness, you realize that's dead. And it really blows, because I was, like, watching Street Fighter V, which, by the way, shouts out to Problem X, who won first place in Street Fighter V. Man has a godlike bison. Holy God, that man. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna salute, because just, I'm watching his bison, and I'm thinking it's, like, just, it's not, like, Zero from Marvel, but it would be its equivalent, if I had to say so myself. It got me excited a little bit. I'm probably exaggerating, but his, his bison was crazy, Kyle. Um, second place was Tokido, which has the most guy like Akuma on the planet. Um, third place was Fudo, which Fudo has like another, he has uh, Armika, which is like a wrestler, which I don't want to get grabbed by that man, period. If, if I ever were to play against Fudo, I probably would put the controller down. That man does, he, he makes grabs look like jabs. Like, he's that good. Um, and his his spacing when it comes to the... the yeah. <laughs> and when it comes to, like, the spacing, when it comes to facing opponents, he's really, really good at that. Um, I forgot who was fourth place, but that was really, like, the top three for Evo and Street Fighter V. Um, and they also released two extra characters for Street Fighter V as well, which, of course, it was the king and the president being Sagat and G. Um, which leads me to that as well. Then I'll just, I'll hand it off to you for the two points you have. Um, Sagat and G, amazing. Just, I'm, I was excited to play them. And when I did, first of all, let me just say Sagat, S tier. Just going to say it like that because Jesus, like the range game of this man will make you wonder how you even get in there. Um, he shoots a couple projectiles. For those that are not really into Street Fighter, Sagat has a few moves. He has uh, the Tigers, which of course they're projectiles and they're they're fast. I mean, if not anything else, maybe I was looking at it wrong, but they're just like a Dokens. Um, and he has his Tiger uppercut. 
Um, he also has ranged hits. His uh, normal and medium are pretty fucking good. Um, both are within range to keep you away the entire time. His V-triggers are fucking awesome. I think it's V-trigger 2 you're going to use for him. He's just all around. His normals, his, his metagame, everything, S-tier. Like, bro. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to face against a Sagata online. That's what I'm saying. And then G, you're going to laugh at this character because of how manly he is. He is the president of the world. <laughs> what? This man says... This is some Lex shit. Yeah. He comes out and says, I am the president of the world. People of the earth. But he's really good too. His range hits are really good. He neutralizes projectiles and it looks like... I don't know the the uh, the frames yet for the recovery on him neutralizing your projectiles. He does it in mid-air too, which is nice. Whoa. Yeah, he does it in mid-air too. He can do it, I think, like a certain amount of times. Um, but it, he's a really cool character. Um, I will tell you his super is really awesome too. He, uh, he literally looks like he's like LeBron James or something, literally putting like, he's like stretching out his chest. He's like, for the people of Earth. And then literally he looks at the camera with like these like, he does like a gun motion. He's like, light it up. And then he just shoots fire from the ground as it goes at you. Nice. I'm like, bro, just, I had hair standing up when he said, light it up. I was like, I don't think I've heard any character sound so gangsta. You know what? G is code for gangsta because this guy, he looks like Abraham Lincoln with a top hat. That's what he has. <laughs> And you get your ass beat by him. It is beautiful. Holy shit. Yeah, but... So, so like, with Evo, why didn't they just run it back with, with, um, UMVC3? Like, are they, are they like, that against Infinite? They're just straight up fucking VC all the way? Well, here's the thing. Um, they did have a side tournament for, uh, UMVC3. They did have that for that. They had one for Marvel vs. Capcom 2, which is like, holy shit, just the fact that I heard Marvel 2, which is like 2000, you know what I'm saying? They had side tournaments, so but... Like, yeah, so it's, so it's like, a, it's like a, a celebration of all the fighting games. It's just Marvel wasn't main stage because of Intel. Yeah, that's basically it. I see. So it was, it was, pres it was present at EVO. It just wasn't main stage. Yeah, and that's the first time we've ever seen that. Um, and it, it really hurt because... But I did see uh, a bit of some people who play UMBC3. We had a couple tournaments. Uh, Twin Galaxies had a tournament for Marvel. Um, you know, Evo had one. There's a couple others on Team Spooky's channel that they had for, um, for Marvel. So I, I don't want to say, and I don't really want to bring up the idea of a resurgence for or a resurrection for Ultimate Marv. But it would be cool to... Um, to bring that game back because people were just so happy. They were happier with, you know, Ultimate and just what it brought to the table. I mean, don't get me wrong. Infinite looks good because of the gameplay. But I think it still has that stigma, that negative stigma that it has because it does not have characters you grew up with or the art just looks borderline fucking creepy. Like, whenever I see Dante's face, I'm thinking, okay, how many children do you have in your panel van? This is some creepy shit. <laughs> so, 
it's like it's like that, man. It's it, it brings a negative stigma that it, you know other Marvels or other fighting games for that matter. The only other fighting game I can think of that actually is its equivalent is Street Fighter Cross Tekken with all the DLC practices that Capcom did. It had a negative stigma. No matter you could put clothes on the shit, it's still a pig. That's that's how I'm. That's where we're going with this. So speaking of DLC, that segues me into We are like on point with this segue shit. Let's just say that first. There you go, dude. We're mall competent. Um, Seriously. So, some uh, some Star Wars Battlefront. So, I want to say it was maybe six months ago. Maybe six or eight months ago. It was a long time. Star Wars Battlefront Two, I think, was on the cusp of release. And uh, like I remember recording this episode. Yeah. They, they, they failed to mention, like, at launch that they were going to go with loot boxes. So, they went with the loot boxes. There was this whole massive controversy about how um, it could be classified as new, which could fall under different restrictions in certain countries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, EA, to, I guess, save themselves from any kind of legal action, backed out and said, okay, okay, no more loot boxes. Yeah. Which would have been fine if they put that in initially. Um, that's why, um, and I've, I've had this conversation with you, like, with certain mobile games, where it's, uh, like, stuff that's, you know, you buy this pack or whatever in this mobile game, and you get shards of, you know, 1 to 20 of this certain character. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I don't support that. What I support is the stuff that, like, um, like what 
Marvel Future Fight was doing, where they go, you you pay for this, you get this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They tell you exactly what you're gonna get, and you can decide if it's if it's worth your money. Yeah, um, most definitely. So that's kind of the system they're moving to here, and they just dropped. Um, well, backtrack. It's kind of a catch twenty two. with them coming out and saying DLC is free and then having to pull the loot boxes out because they're considered game um, now there's no revenue coming off of that game right so they're not as eager to support that game because what's in it for them mm-hmm. see what I'm saying yeah. so they, they just released um, some clone trooper skins in game but only one of them looks like they released two clone super skins as far as I know these are like one of the only updates that the game has gotten in like the year it's been out like they've kind of left this game on the back burner um, so much so that one of the skins doesn't even look that good like with a with a studio as big as EA um you can tell that they kind of like have a skeleton crew of dice working on that stuff. Yeah. You know, like a, it's like, it feels like a small two, three man operation. That's all you get because it's not giving them any revenue. So why should they throw in towards it? Yeah. Like, um, they put two skins in the game. I think one of them is the 41st Elite Core, and then the other one's the 327th Star Core. And the latter, that's the one that looks terrible. Um, so, I'll send you some screenshots, and if we ever, if we ever, like, move over to YouTube, um, my plan would be to, like, put all of our pre-existing episodes up there, and then have, you know, slides and stuff to kind of walk through what we're talking about, so I'd probably put some slides up there, too. Oh, yeah, most definitely. That's, 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 that's future stuff, so, um, I don't know how much you remember of episode three. Um, like, if you can dig into your mind and, and try to remember that movie a little bit. So, when they're on the, um, that planet with a lot of plants, um, okay. and it's like, ass end of the Clone Wars, they're killing all the Jedi off, um, and you've got the, uh, the woman, she's blue, and she has, like, those, uh, those tails on her head. Um, yeah. And, uh, they, they just straight up shoot her. I sound ignorant now because I'm trying to explain it to you, but, um, her name's Ayla, and one of the Jedi that dies during Order 66, and they just straight up shoot her in the back, and it pans up over one of, like, the, um, the, one of the vegetation plants, and it peel that like it peels back towards the sky and they just keep shooting her yeah do you remember that yeah i remember that so you remember what those troopers look like with the yellow mm-hmm. um those are the skins that they put in the game quote unquote oh shit and i i i, I use the, the the quotes there because it looks like trash oh never mind i i should have remembered two um, points one being ea two being this game yeah, no, so, the 41st, the, the 41st Elite Corps looks great. Like, do you remember, same movie, when they're on, um, the Wookiee planet, and, like, it 
released the clone troopers all in camo yeah that's the second skin they released and those look really good okay um for a minute you almost had me yeah i can give props to that but it's the latter one so the clones in the game the way they look is they have this red stripe going down the center of the chest and this red stripe on the helmet um the way they made these skins got some yellow on the helmet, but you can see the red underneath. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't even fucking try with the chest. It's just the straight up red left over. And it's like that on all of them, because you have your, you know, your classes, and you get three skins, one for each class. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all look that way. And I was just like, this is unacceptable for a developer as big as this. This is not a good look. You know, if they want to keep the Star Wars license, they need to make sure their research is done and their eyes are dotted and their T's are crossed because this is not gonna appease fans of Battlefront or fans of Star Wars at all. Oh yeah. And if anything, I think they need to, first of all, EA needs to really backtrack on a lot of things they've said, because they've buried themselves over the last month or so with some of the comments, not only just from their own corporation, but from Battlefield 5, because you and I both know in the gaming industry, uh, October is Broketober. Um, you have a crap ton of games coming out, you have Red Dead Redemption, you have Call of Duty 4 or Black Ops 4, and then you have Battlefield 5, which got buried because you have an executive named Patrick Soderlund, who came out and was like, this was after the fact that they had black Nazis in a game that was supposed to represent World War II, which I just find that to be the most comical thing ever, because um, if you thought that was going to fly, give me the drugs that you used for that. Um... Yeah, I want that. That sounds good. Yeah, you know, to add black... I'm not saying anything bad about black... But if you're going to do anything that's going to be of World War II, you need to have at least the representation and the accuracy, at least to a T. I'm not saying you got to have yeah, it 100%. Sure that... Yeah, you need to be sure that, you know, what you're doing is... Accurate. At least, you know, multiplayer, do whatever you want. But if you're going to do a campaign you need to make sure that you're paying tribute like especially with a game like that you need to make sure that you're paying a tribute to people who you know fought in that yeah exactly and, and i don't know the details of battlefield 5 like are they still doing world war 1 um no or are they moving no they're they're still doing too they're they're actually being hella stubborn about it uh patrick okay. so yeah patrick shows you, how, shows you how much i'm caught up on battlefield Oh no, you're fine. You're fine. I, I uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I got tagged in a lot of this crap, and then on top of that, it was in my uh, recommendations for you on uh, YouTube. I don't know how the fuck it did because I'm not a EA guy or I'm not a Battlefield guy. I'm just uh, I'm a fighting game guy. You know this. Um, yeah. So Patrick Sodalin came out. He was talking about this entire thing and he came out and said if you don't like it don't if you can't accept it don't buy the game i was like you just fucked yourself like congratulations like the one thing i think you developers would love to say to us you went ahead and said it's kind of like the one guy that was uh part of that e3 thing where apparently he's like hey what if we can't get xbox live well don't worry we have an offline one it's called xbox 360 yourself yeah and i think a week later he managed to uh retire from the company he backed out but 
I just, the, the one thing that gets a little overlooked, especially from Angry Joe, who he's getting his own ass beatings by what he's saying. Um, he comes out and, and he and, and uh, Patrick Soderlund basically calls the fans of Battlefield or anyone who plays these games uneducated for not knowing these things. And I'm like, you're gonna tell your 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 customer base that they're not they're not educated, and then if you can't accept it, don't buy the game. Do not expect anyone getting that shit then. Just don't. Just just pack up and work on fucking Madden 19 for all I fucking care because you're not going to get anything from anybody from that yeah dude it's it's they're kind of they're kind of you know messing with their player base like even this with Mass Effect Andromeda where they just kind of went alright fuck it and then they just abandoned the game I was like whoa 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 wait, wait, huh you know yeah like you know this is supposed to be like you're flagship next-gen Mass Effect, and you're just gonna kinda, alright, well, wayside, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, it's just, mm. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things, it's like, the publisher is in, but they have a lot of great studios, um, that I feel really bad for working in, either. Yeah. You know, like, a lot of great studios that I wish could get out from under them, like, DICE, I wouldn't even have a job if that game came out. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> I, I'd be... Hey, you know, uh, I'll pay 80. I don't care. Yeah, no. seriously. I'd be, like, calling out every other day. Dude, for real. Like, it's... it's Devs, they can do so much. But they're, they're held back by the publisher. So, I don't... I don't know. It, so, it rubbed me the wrong way. Just the way that... that, that they did Star Wars here. Um, didn't, it didn't sit right with me. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, all right, we're, I understand it as a business decision. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, I completely understand why it's, you know, financially a good thing for them to do. If it's not making them any money, why pour any money into it, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you're the ones that said, DLC is free. You're good. We're gonna come out with content. It's gonna be great. Um, and that was kind of like people got hyped. They were like, "Oh shit, okay." So if we felt cheated by Battlefront One, Battlefront Two, it's gonna have all the eras. It's gonna be great. DLC is free, and everything is gonna be earned in game. And then they were like, "Oh, <laughs> nah, food boxes, crystals," which is games that that, that kind of calls back to like games as a service, right? Yeah. And how efficient is the model, really? Like, if it's not a mobile game, if it's a mobile game, you can, or, or you know, one of these games where you can say it's free up front, but if you want anything extra, it costs extra, right? Mm-hmm. That, to me, is a game as a service, and that is acceptable. Because at that point, you're making the choice to do that. Whereas, with a game like, you know, these AAA titles, I don't think they should be treated as a service. Because you're paying...
60 up front, maybe more if you want to go for the season pass to get the deals here. Yeah. Um, and then to drop in like these microtransactions with, um, you know, loot boxes and do this and it boosts your damage and do this and you move faster. It's just, no, dude. You know? Yeah. It's, it's to the point where it's ridiculous, man. So that's, that's basically what I wanted to talk about about Battlefront 2. You know, the game is fun. Looks like DICE put a lot of work into it. It's just held back by the business decisions behind it. Yeah. Which, it's the same thing with, with Capcom and a lot of these companies. Um, I mean, Capcom fucks themselves up every time with some of the DLC decisions they've been doing. I mean, don't get me wrong. When, when people listen to our podcast, I want you to know I do not support Capcom's DLC practices at all. They have fucked themselves to oblivion, okay? When it came to, like, everything from 2011 up until now. It just so happens that they're actually playing it. They're playing it right this time. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying they didn't play it right before, but, you know, Monster Hunter did pretty good. Um, and then, you know... The uh, the season three characters were pretty good. I mean, even though you can say what you will about Cody, some people think Cody was trash. Whatever, you got Cody. I'm like, you know, you can say what you will, but you know, when it comes down to like some of the DLC practices in the past, they fucked the people up, and it's just I felt bad for those, like including myself. I felt bad that you know you kind of had to get the shaft. Um, off uh, Ultimate Marvel and then even Infinite. Infinite and Ultimate were the two casualties that I still look at to this day like, damn, did it... We could have had really good games come out. But the business decisions of, of stuff from Capcom to even EA just completely fucks the whole thing up. I mean, at least it's not Konami, but still. Damn. You know, I'm still gonna sit here and be behind that. Just... EA is the front runner of disaster. That's the that's definitely the way it's looking. I mean, I know there's a couple companies that have done pretty much the same thing. Um, they just don't get as much attention because EA. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Yes, I had a, I had a couple things, if not anything. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, the Fantastic Four fan cast. That were actually put on Instagram not too long ago. Uh, one might actually come true. Um, in a recent report, they're talking about Andrew Garfield as the Human Torch. Whoa. Yeah, that's what I uh, I saw. People were behind it. At least certain people were behind it. Others were kind of like, "Oh God, the former Spider-Man and the current Spider-Man in the same universe." Yeah, it doesn't bother me that's either. A, that's, a, that's an interesting debate to have, though, right? With these connected universes, it's like, do you, would you want other actors that have played other characters in like an alternative universe to play different characters in this universe? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting, an interesting idea to bat around. Yeah, because you know, if you're if you're using that logic, Evans was Human Torch. Yes. Oh yeah, Michael B. Jordan was Human Torch. Nice, he was he was Killmonger. So it's one of those things where you could kind of forget, like, hey, you know, like 
movie was terrible, but you got them playing the characters they should be playing. I'd be down with that. Uh, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, which I said hell yes to because he at one point was going to be Captain America, but he kind of turned it down because he thought Evans was better, which to my surprise he is. You know, he was the only guy I can think of in the MCU who proved me wrong because I didn't I didn't really see Evans as Captain America. I really didn't actually. Um, but yeah. This this was like a long time ago, and then like he came out and proved me wrong. Um, but, yeah, John Krasinski as, uh, Mr. Fantastic, then you have his wife, which, um, what's her name? Emily Blunt, there you go, um, as, as Sue Storm, um, and they have a, they have a slew of people for the thing, one of them just made me laugh, but then again, at the same time, I'm like, you know what, I wouldn't mind seeing this guy in, a in the MCU, one of them was John Cena for The Thing. Yeah, that's going to be tough for me not to even say that. But you know what? I kind of can. I, I, you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I'm, I'm, it wouldn't be too bad if they had Cena for, uh, for Ben Grimm. I would be all right with that. Yeah, that's dangerous because not only is it clever in time, but you can't see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He's a giant rock. You can't see him? No. Absolutely not. Oh, you just see like fists being thrown. You can't even see this shit going on. Just a fist comes into frame and then we use. Yeah, oh my god, that'd be so hilarious. Um, you never actually see him, you just see his fists. Yeah, that's all you see. You don't see anything else. Oh my god, that was so funny. Um, and then uh, for returning cast, they had Michael Chiklis as the thing, which I'm cool with. If they want to bring Michael Chiklis back, I'm okay with that. The man was the only reason why I liked the Fantastic Four movies of the mid-2000s, in my opinion. Um, and then Julian McMahon to come back as Doctor Doom, which I said yes. Because he was another reason why I liked him as Doom. You know, so I would say yes to both. But if you can only get one of the two, I would say Julian McMahon is Doom. Because he can play Doom. I feel like he has the chops for it. Are you sure we don't want David Doolis? David Doolis. Help me out here. Aries. Oh, hell no. What the fuck? I don't want him as Doom. Fuck that shit. Oh, this is a good thing. Fucking everybody knows I, I love trolling the shit out of John. Yeah, you do. Like you come out telling me that Natasha and Hulk is a good thing, and I'm like, fuck out of here with that shit. Miss me with that terrible story writing bullshit. Hey, come on, man. It's an interesting subplot. Y yeah. Fuck that. Don't say that because there's nothing good about that movie, and you know that. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I don't know, Tony Stark. Get out of here with that too. Hey. I like Tony, but you know it's just no man. Just that whole movie was just ugh. 
Like, I, I still cringe to some of the scenes I see in that movie. Don't get me wrong, it was really cool to kind of see, like, Cat versus Ultron, but other than that, and maybe a few other things, like, even the whole Quicksilver thing got me cringing. I'm like, really, dude? Like, like, look. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, you had like you had the Russo brothers working on the one movie with the new executive, and then you had um, Snyder and uh, Whedon working on the other movie, but they both had two different visions, and so everything just came off as this collided, jumbled mess. Hmm. took the children to church like all that kind of stuff all together yeah it's yeah you don't have to watch i i agree with you on that point with uh with the dceu and the mcu you know um especially now that we're going into a period where you know by the way i also wanted to talk about the debacle that is uh captain marvel and some of the shoots that we watched uh i saw some fan shots uh fan shots it was like some of the shots from the movie itself and um we got to see what the suit's gonna look like fully you know, um, which her suit looks phenomenal. I will say that right off the bat. That suit looks phenomenal. Um, they you... always do really great with costume design. Oh yeah, they they do by a long shot. I'm thinking automatically her her suit has to be the best one I've seen that represents her since Civil War Captain America. Like I'll I'll stand by that Civil War Captain America and Deadpool one Deadpool. Like it, it really represents, it really shows off the realism behind it. Um, however, I am gonna tell you right off the bat, I was not too thrilled by seeing what the scrolls look like. Uh, for those that don't know, the scrolls are the alien race that are supposedly fighting her in the movie. Uh, they also appear in the comics under the scroll invasion, which is a really good arc. 
I suggest you read it. Deadpool's in it. Deadpool has a fucking mascot uh, costume, and he's blowing niggas up with a machine gun. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but for the most part, yeah, the scrolls, yeah, I showed Teach what the scrolls look like. I'm just going to say this right now. The scrolls look like Piccolo from Dragon Ball Evolution. Yeah. I want everyone to sink that in, okay? Don't look good at all. I don't like it. I don't like what the scrolls look like. They got to come correct more with the scrolls in later movies. They look terrible. Um, but other than that, everything looks good. They got they brought back Ronin because Ronin's supposed to be in the movie. Um, and so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but I don't want them to fuck it up either, man. Yeah. You know, there's a good chance that they may actually fuck this thing up because... The scrolls look terrible and all that other stuff. There's supposedly a teaser trailer that was supposed to be dropped today, but I'm not really sure. It's probably going to drop Monday, if anything else. So we'll we'll get a good glimpse of what this shit looks like. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. At this point, I'm going to put my trust in the MCU because uh, I think they've kind of proven they know what they're doing. Well, uh, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely see. I haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp yet either, though, so... Well, you and me were just talking about this off uh, off the air here. Speaking of MCU, I think everybody is no stranger to the idea of what happened with James Gunn in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Oh, boy. You know, like you say that and then Coming I'm like, oh. It's your termination. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not uh, in the know-how of what happened, I'll go ahead and drop it. James Gunn. He had some tweets from like a years ago, and they weren't so flattering. If not anything else, they should have never been posted in the first fucking place. But needless to say, uh, Marvel got a hand of those tweets, and James Gunn was fired effective immediately. Now, uh, Kevin Feige has been fighting to get his career back, or his job back, and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And therefore, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is an indefinite hold as a result of this. So, yeah. Um, kind of fucks it up, man. We would like to have an ending to this this great roller coaster that James Gunn created here. Um, because... The unfortunate part is it might be an Infinity War. Like, who knows? You know, if, if we don't get Guardians 3, they might just stay gone. Yeah, and that sucks, honestly. You know, all you have is Rocket Raccoon. I mean, you could build the current comic version of... The Guardians of the Galaxy with Rocket being the leader and then going ahead and having him recruit, you know, some of the X-Men. Because he does actually have Kitty Pride in that group, too, which was interesting. Um, and then go on from there. I mean, he also has Venom in that group, but I don't know how anyone would receive that well, you know? Um, which version? Is it Brock or Gargan? Or? I think it's Gargan. Hmm. Yeah, I, I believe it's Gargan. Um... I could be wrong there on that one. It's not Agent Venom. That that that's for sure. I'd love to see Agent Venom in a Thunderbolts movie, but we'll we'll hope to see that some other day. Um, I see, because that's what I was thinking. I thought it was Agent. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not. It was. I think it was Brock or some shit. It was like the actual Behemoth version and shit like that. Um, but okay. for the most part, yeah, it, it kind of sucks, man, because. A lot of us wanted to see the ending of Guardians of the Galaxy with Adam Warlock and everything. They're probably going to still bring Adam Warlock regardless. Um, but really blows to, to kind of have this happen. Um, especially when a lot of us really loved it. Um, 
So, I mean, but I have a bit of good news for you and for everybody else. Um, you lost one story, but you may get another story. And I'll say this. This ironically did start the superhero genre from actually getting better than what it was back in the 90s. A certain person... Batman Forever? No, hell no. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? Even though Forever is better than Batman and Robin. That's right, I said it. I'm sorry. Continue. No, I agree with you 100%. Oh yeah, that man-bat scene. What the fuck were they thinking? Leave that shit in the movie. Um, But a certain person was talking to the MCU uh, last week. And it got me a little excited. Wesley Snipes was talking to Marvel. Um, and apparently, I guess he has two projects with them on Netflix. Make, make sure he files his W-4s. Damn. Just get lit up, Wesley. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, the the rumor, obviously, everyone is... Make you money if you do it right. Oh, what happened? I said a deal with Marvel will make you money if you do it right. Yes. Which leaves everybody with the number one question, is it Blade or is it not Blade? I'd like to put my hat in the ringer by saying it's 50-50 Blade. It like, is. Are, which side of the fence are you on? Like, do you want it to be Blade or somebody else? To be honest, for a fresh new start, I would actually like to see him take on the role of Moon Knight. Oh. Yeah. Switch it up. Just don't even get near that character because I feel like if he gets attached to Blade, a lot of the shit that happened and a lot of the stuff that hit the fan during uh, some of the stuff that was said about him on Blade Trinity might just come back on him again. And he's trying to start anew. You don't need that shit. Like I would, to be honest with you, if I had to think of somebody else other than him, I would say Michael Jai White for Blade. Because my man's has the right size, has the right build, does not need to go on a total gym for it. He's, dude, he's, he's built like fucking stone. And I feel like he has the voice for it. Yeah. You know, I think Michael Jai could really take that role and wing it the best. And Michael Jai doesn't have really much going for him anyways. I mean, he has projects that he's doing, but he doesn't have like a attached project with him. And I think... Michael Jai would be really good for that. Um, so I think he could definitely pull it off. Um, Stephen Lang could be uh, be Whistler. I hope I just made everybody just come themselves because of how good that dynamic would be. I can see that. Um, you know, because I know Stephen Lang was playing Sully off that uh, Uncharted fan film. But if they're not doing that movie, put him as Whistler. You know, that'd be really cool to see. Um, I wouldn't say bring out Deacon Frost for the first villain because that's not where I would go with. I would probably go with other ones before, like Morbius. There's a guy I haven't heard out of anyone's mouth in years. Morbius. Bring that dude into the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Morbius or Tombstone. One of those two. Yeah. Oh, yes. 
because they would be really cool starters for Blade. And then maybe you could bring a Deacon Frost. You can tease it for maybe a season three if you want to do a season two of Tombstone, season one being Morbius, and so on and so forth. Because I don't, I want them to do a fresh but a real authentic like reboot of the character. Right. You know. Because I know there's some Blade fans out there, but again, you can't get away from what Blade 1 and Blade 2 did for the comic book genre. If we didn't have Blade 1, who the fuck knows if we would have had an MCU? So, yeah, that's that's a little bit of what's going on. Oh, what happened? At the very least, a Fox universe. Yeah. Sans timeline. Oh, yeah. Because I'm sure that they did not believe that comic book movies would be profitable, even though they had the X-Men license. You know, and then they, they saw that, and they're like, whoa, wait a minute. Shit, let's do it. And they just made an X-Men movie, and the rest is history. Um, but, yeah, that's a little bit of what's going on with the future of the MCU. Um, mm, I don't know. It, on one hand, it makes me happy, but it, it's a little bittersweet, because what started this train that what started this snowball to roll down you know some people are saying is it slowing down because you got these problems that were i mean there's going to be problems in any office no matter what but when it comes to this it's like it's 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 almost like what people thought of what batman triumphant could or could have not done for the, the franchise it probably would have not helped matters because i mean batman and robin was shitty but what if it did I'm just going to leave that there in, in, in people's hands. What if that movie actually did save that universe if it was given the chance? Yeah, and, and I mean, something I want to bring up is um, slowing down is not always a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there have been games franchises like Assassin's Creed that have taken a year off or so to, uh, to really get their bearings, and it works. Um, I know people I've talked to people that have said that they're kind of getting a little jet lagged with Marvel movies because they seem to come out you know every other month or so at this point Um, understanding that these are projects that they've had in the works for a long time it's just it's, it's really a wallet killer going out and seeing a Marvel movie every month oh yeah I mean, that's not to say that that, you know, that's what happens, but, uh, this, this universe that they're building is good, and I think they should take some time to make it better. Um, yeah. Because the thing is, this could all turn into, like, this massive train wreck where, yeah, the train's going 90 right now. But if you try to push it and make it go over a hundred, you're gonna break the fucking speed barrier and go right into the river, and that's not something I want to see happen. Um, you know, I would much rather have them slow it down, reevaluate, make decisions, and then come back and uh, and hit it. Yeah, most definitely, I agree with that concept too. You know take a bit off go through your bearings and then from there on kind of uh you know kind of just get right back into the saddle that makes a lot of sense kyle that was a good point um you know with, with that being said now you have to think of the idea of 
if if the MCU is not popping movies every year, and I actually have an answer to this, it gives studios an idea to go outside of the box of what comic book movies have been for the last five, six, if not ten years. And I have to say this because I do have a few people who don't who do want to hear about this. The idea of a reboot to the only fighting game that I can think of that actually was successful, and then the second movie bombed, being Mortal Kombat. What better of a time that you if if that happens according to that, which I have on my my bullet points right now, the idea of a, a Mortal Kombat reboot because apparently it's been talked about. And it, it's being talked about now more than anything else. I guess New Line is deciding to roll this one out. And I'm like, if New Line rolls this one out and they roll it around the time they decide they want to take a break, like, you know, Disney and Marvel and then DC, because I know DC has Shazam and, and Aquaman still coming out. But if they decide to pull it out at a time where the summer movies are going to be just there's no competition and they're wanting to wing this out, I think an MK reboot would be the breath of fresh air that people would want. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I actually had to think about this one because I didn't know how I was going to perceive the casting if you were to go at it. But like, the casting would kind of go as follows. And I think you're going to love this one. The first one I have, Chris Pratt as Johnny Cage. Hey. I think he can nail the character. I, I think... Uh, not only that, man gets ripped as shit for Star Lord. So just imagine him as Johnny Cage. Yeah. You know, um, some people said Amber Heard for uh, for Sonya Blade. I don't like that concept at all. Um, you need somebody who's rough edged, but at the and and I mean I need somebody who when they see Kano they see a racist. They just go after that motherfucker. I need to see something like that. Like, seriously. Because the first movie, it was good, but she didn't perceive Kano as the enemy. It didn't feel like she looked at Kano as the enemy. I need someone, when they see Kano, just, you're wanting to claw that man's eyes out. I, I need something like that. Um, You know, overall, yeah, like, and I wanted to do one last thing before we wrap things up here. Um, I wanted to do a actor of the week. Oh yeah. Oh. I wanted to give uh, a very a rest in peace to an actor who gave everything to a lot of people even when he died. He played Bison and he played Gomez Adams in the old 90s Adams family movie. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Um I think it's Raul Julia is his name. Um could just amazing actor. Um Man deserves every bit of props and is the only reason I think in my mind I'll ever watch Street Fighter the movie. The only reason. Damn. He did an incredible job with Bison. Just little fun facts for people who don't even know. Um, the man did all the far shots that they had for the movie. Because the movie, first of all, had a really tight uh, budget, tight time for when they wanted to come out with the movie. The movie was... They, they started shooting, I think, January. Or, not January. They started they started shooting around June or July. The movie was coming out in December. Holy shit. That's how tight it was supposed to be. But you know what? 
Raul Julia did an incredible job. I'm, I'm sorry if I butchered his name or whatever. Um, he did an incredible job as Bison. Not to mention, he, this was his last role before he died. And not only that, he was sick for about half the movie. For someone to do... He to to let everybody know in case you don't know if he died how he died he got caught with a disease while eating sushi. Um, so when he went into this movie, he did this for his kids. So yeah, he did a lot of that stuff for his kids. His kids love the video game, so he wanted to give one last present to them. Um, as a hey, look, I'm not being in here anymore. So this is what I have to give you. And whenever I see that scene where he's floating in the air and he's yelling at Guile, where he's talking about a god, I was like, this is going to be really tough for somebody to top if we get a Street Fighter movie. Like, seriously. Um, and he did an incredible job as, as Gomez Adams. Man can shoot swag out of his out of everything like that man could just say one word and I got my clothes off that's how sexy that man pulled off Gomez Adams that's a terrible fucking visual for some people (laughs) (laughs) so I will say that but he just all in all the actor of the week goes to Raul Julia rest in peace I know he died in 94 but he I watched a little bit of Street Fighter and things of that nature. He's an incredible actor and needs to be acknowledged for his accomplishments. Yeah, man. Most definitely. Did you have any other uh, last bit of points before we wrap it up? Um, I mean, I've got one. I've got uh, it's a little thing here. Sony has refused crossplay. Oh, I got to hear this one. Yeah, so some some representatives from Sony has come out as saying, um, you know, it's a security issue, or um, some people are reporting that it's a money thing, and um, some people, like some of the, uh, the 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 executives are saying that it's because PlayStation is the best place to play, and it's. Uh, I can understand it as a security issue because you're opening your network to other networks at that point. Mm. And the more open your network is, the more vulnerable it is to certain threats. Um, and I understand that they could be scared because of the hack that they received years ago. Um, that massive one where, you know, like credit card information and stuff was stolen, stolen. And, uh, they straight up um, destroyed Sony's servers for like a good week and nobody could get on and play or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I get it from that, but if it's if it's a money issue where they're like, no, if you if you want to play the game on your PlayStation, buy it on PlayStation, get fucked. Um, I would have mixed feelings about it. On one hand, they're a company. That's what's going to happen. They're going to want to make money. On the other hand, it's like, dude, don't be shitty to your, your consumer. You know? Yeah. Um, if they're using crossplay on the PS4, 
it's clear that they have a PS4. Um, granted, I don't know a whole lot about crossplay. I, I pretty much only know that it's it's meant so that you can transfer your account from system to system to system. Yeah. So like the the most recent example was Fortnite. With Fortnite, um, you could you could play on the Nintendo Switch, right? Mm-hmm. So theoretically, if you have an account on Xbox, you can take the same account onto the Nintendo Switch and play as if you're playing on your account on your Xbox, and it's interchangeable. So any progress you make on the Switch transfers over to the Xbox, um, which is super handy. But with PlayStation, it's just PlayStation. Yeah. So they're not, they're not playing nice with, with uh, the other companies at this point. And that's probably because they've taken the, the W for this console generation. I mean, they've already sold, what is it, like 80-something million copies? of 80-something million units of, uh, of PS4s oh, yeah. around the world. So they're hitting this generation hard, um, especially with all the exclusives and stuff they've got coming out. Uh, hashtag Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, full circle. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, they, they're they're killing it, but I think they're getting a little overconfident. And we'll definitely see what happens around the next console generation, like when the PS5 comes out, what uh, what they do there. You know, because the last time they got a little overconfident, they lost Spider-Man out of their movie universe. Yeah, well, if they don't bring it with with this next console, then uh, they're gonna they're gonna look real stupid for what they're doing right now. Yeah. Like, big time. Like, mm, damn. Sony doesn't want to play nice, huh? Yeah, that's uh, that's just something I wanted to bring up, just a little tidbit, because, uh, I don't know, it seemed interesting to me. Um, on one hand, yeah, they, they've got a little bit of room to be a little overconfident. They killed it with the PS4. Um, they, you know, they struck gold. They had a real winner, and then the fact that they had been using their first party devs to make some really great games for it is, is a plus um, like there are some people out there buying PS4 straight up for Spider-Man right now yeah um, Microsoft did an interesting thing too like did you hear that they they released kind of like a like a like a Reddit Center option essentially hmm. where can pay a certain monthly rate on an Xbox One X or an Xbox One and you you just pay it off like a car until you own the system. Hmm. Didn't know this. It's like, yeah, it's like 20 or 30 bucks a month um, for the system and then you're good once you pay it off. Um, and then like in the contract, I guess they're working up the details where if you haven't paid it off by the time the next system comes out, you can just trade it in and trade up. Um, I mean, it's only available, I think, at like the Microsoft stores right now. Okay. But uh, it's it just kind of interesting to me. It was a way for people to get their foot in the door with Xbox. Yeah. Um, so like any people who are like me where it's straight up PlayStation all day. Um, if you're interested in an Xbox for whatever reason, you know, for their exclusives that they got over there, you just pay this monthly subscription and then you're good. 
Um, and I think that monthly subscription actually includes the uh, the Xbox Gold too, if I'm not mistaken. That's one hell of a deal if you get that. Holy shit. Yeah, it, it, it seems pretty interesting. So they're making moves on their end too. Um, so if anything, this next console generation is going to be spicy. Like it's going to get crazy. Oh yeah. It, it really is. Holy crap. Um, damn, this really is. I mean, and, and another thing too, um, I know we, we are at the hour and 27 minute mark, but I think we're just having too much fun at this point. I did see something that I did want to mention to you. Um, also, um, while I was watching, uh, Evo, as a matter of fact, um, we saw something really cool that I wish I can get myself. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a little callback to the old days of the arcades. Somebody, or I think it's a company called Arcade One Up, made an authentic cabinet, like an entire system. No quarters, just straight up arcade cabinet. And it runs and functions like the good old days. Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, Justin Wong and Marn, shouts out to them. I know they're the two pro players a lot of people know. Um, they actually got their hands on Super Turbo and played it, it, they said it felt like the good old days of the arcades. You know, I would like to see that come back too. Not the arcade era, but at least uh, something of that measure um, from the good old days. Um, there is a system out right now that actually is compatible with the following systems. Uh, you're getting, it's 400 bucks, but for good reason. You get to play your NES games. You get to play your your Super Nintendo games. You get to play your Sega CD games. You get to play your Sega Saturn games. Yeah. It works all in that format. Um, I think even your Nintendo 64 games too. Which, I'm just going to say this right now. If that shit plays all of that for $400, guess who's not having a fucking paycheck for a week, everybody? Because Jesus, and it comes with a kick-ass GameCube-esque controller. Uh, yeah, fuck that. I am getting that. Um, but other than that, nothing else on my end, Brosoph. Yeah, I'm all good too. Yeah, guys. Um, we're gonna try to uh, talk more frequently, whether it's on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Like I said, Facebook.com, Deadbat. XX, check us out. Um, and then our respective Instagrams, don't forget, World's Greatest Detective 616. I don't know, 626, sorry about that. Um, I don't know why I thought 616. This is not the Marvel Universe. Um, <laughs> so, yes, World's Greatest Detective at 626. And then Trigger Happy Chatterbox. Hit us up. Tell us what's good, you know? Other than that, this is the Trigger Happy Chatterbox. And this is the World's Greatest Detective. This is Dead Bat, guys. Stay golden. Stay golden. A shot calling, we we'll take it back to the days of yes, yawning. We're holding on to what's golden. On the stage, I'm raging, I'm rolling. We're not calling, a shot calling, we we'll take it back to the days of yes, yawning. We're holding on to what's golden. <laughs>